cultural things that, that means noble. But, um, and so I guess the, for a title of my lesson, the title would be Noble Blood. Um, and I think the song we just sang was perfect. I love how the spirit works of just how um, reckless the love of God is for us and how uh, noble of an example God has given us in Jesus. And so I, um, I guess that the, the, the beginning of this lesson for me was in a staff meeting. Derek sh shared a scripture within a staff meeting and it, and it was with scripture that I was very familiar with, but it, um, it had like a different meaning for me. Um, and yes, and there's the picture of nobility that Europe kind of ruined for us about these people in very fancy gear and hoity-toity and, you know, nobles were like the communicators from the king to the people. They were separate from work. They didn't have to work, but they communicated for us. People called them Lord, so it kind of messed with the word Lord, too. Um, but anyway, I'm going to sort of dive into more as to what, you know, the role of a noble was, but um, there's this scripture that, uh, that Derek shared with us, and it's something that I had always had on my, that I had had in my heart, and, and you know when you have scriptures that are like on the forefront of your heart, and you just apply them to everything, it just keeps showing up in your life, like it's, uh, when someone points something out to you, then you just see it everywhere. That's what a scripture, that's what the scripture was for me earlier on in my life, and it was something that when Derek shared it, it was very invigorating for me. I was like, wow, I love that scripture. And it's in his Isaiah chapter 32. So let's go ahead and turn there. And it's simple, but it's very powerful to me. It says, a noble man makes noble plans, and by noble deeds he stands. Kind of got like a bounce to it. You know, you can say it with like a little bit of rhythm, you know. Um, it's got that repetition in there. It's very much, you know, uh, a no, you know, nobility is at the forefront of this. And this whole scripture, I guess the chapter, is talking about what it what means to be noble versus what it means to be wicked. And the scripture gives multiple examples of what the wicked does and what the noble man does. And here it, it, it concludes that section with saying, a noble man makes noble plans and by noble deeds he stands. And this idea of being noble in, the, in Hebrew was not uh, a, um, a, a noble in, in terms of what we're thinking of as just like a high morale, good character type of person, but it just was a generous, a willing heart. That's what it meant to be noble. And, and the contrast of that in this scripture is, is wicked, meaning people who exploit the poor, who keep money for themselves, who use their power to push people down rather than to lift people up. And, you know, I love how the Bible cuts straight to the point of that. You know, I love how the Bible has plain speak. I think sometimes we're, we're, we're super scared to use plain speak with people because we can overgeneralize or we can be a little bit too blunt. But what I appreciate about this scripture is there's no, like, there's no sliding scale. It's noble, wicked. Good, evil. Truth, lie. And I, I think for us, we love to live in the middle. We love for there to be a middle ground. Like, oh yes, I, I'm not evil. Of course, no, I would never, I would never consider myself a scoundrel, as the, as the chapter calls me. Um, I would never consider myself wicked or evil. But noble, maybe, sometimes, sure. I could, I could be that someday. 
but I'm more of in the middle. No, no, don't, don't give me the responsibility of, of, of wrongdoing, but I, don't hold me to a ridiculous standard either. I'm not going to put myself into that box. And I think it's just, that's a, that's a weird way to live for me. I'm, you know, and, and I love the middle too. Don't get me wrong. But I've just found staying in the middle, you, you don't get the good or bad out of anything. It's just bland. It's like not seasoning your chicken or something. It's just like you can eat chicken, but if you don't season it right, like what's the point? It's kind of bland. It's not that amazing. Um, and it's just staying in the middle. It's just a boring way to go. And the Bible calls us to be noble, to go out there and to give our heart to things. And I think a willing heart and a generous heart means exactly, you know, <laughs> it means a reckless love. You're going to put yourself out there for people. And I just want to call us to a level of generosity um, that maybe we haven't attained yet. Um, and, and I'm not talking about money because we are a very generous church. That's something I can definitely talk about for this church is the way we give of our finances. You know, this year for the, for the special missions contribution, I wanted to remind us, we gave $630,000. That's a lot of money to people who will be so grateful for it. That's churches that we impacted. That's people's lives we helped. That's, that's a lot. And that's a big deal. And I just, and I, and I am so grateful that we are a church that gives, give, like, I, good job. Like, I'm well done. That's amazing. Oh, I can't walk away. Okay. Um, that's incredible. And, and I, and I think we are very generous with what we have. And because God has blessed us with so much. And so I wanted to call us to a level of generosity as we've been hitting at so much this summer. A generosity to one another. A generosity with our time, with the way that we give of our hearts to one another. Because that is the root of this word, is, is a willing heart. A, a heart that is willing to go places for people, to be there for one another. And to not use our own advantages for ourselves, but our, our advantages for one another. And this requires a lot of, of effort. It, 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 and when we think about our time, I think that's when we become tight-fisted tight and miserly of just, nope, can't give that up. Nope, I need that. Nope, no, don't ask for that because I'm not going to be able to give it to you. Not, you know, don't, don't obligate me to do things like that. And, and I think this scripture is saying, well, if you're not being noble, if you're not being generous, Kind of in the other category as well. And so, and, and let that scripture cut. I'm, you know, don't give yourself an out for that of just like, well, if you knew my situation, you would understand. Don't let, don't let the Bible work. Let the Bible do its job. Let it cut, as Hebrews 4 says, like a sword that gets right down to truth. Just let it, let it work on you. What ways can you be more generous? Not to where you're running yourself into the ground, but how can you be more generous with your time, more generous with your love for one another, instead of, well, they didn't say hi to me in church last week, so I'm not going to say hi to them until they do. Or, you know, and that's super trivial, but, but we think that way. So, you know, we, we can think of, oh, well, if they're not going to give to me, I'm not so sure I can give back to them. But that's not what generosity is about, you know. They, the, Jesus talks about how 
you know, even the pagans love, love people who will love them back, you know, but what about your love for someone you know is not going to be able to return it to you? What about a situation where you're just giving to someone and not expecting anything in return and, and continuing to do that? Steadfast, endurance, you know, uh, perseverance through all types of trials. Because that's where our nobility is tested. And that's where this scripture rings true, is we've got to make noble plans, follow them up with noble deeds, and that is where our, that is where our nobility will stand. And I think it's easy to start off that way. You know, we, we, we had this summer, we, we said we're going to get into groups of four. We're going we're gonna to get to know one another. We're going to support each other. And that is great. That's a great start. That was a noble plan. But what's next? What's the next noble plan for you guys? You know, are you just going to wait for me and Clint to kind of set up these noble plans for you? Or are you going to take it, you know, you're going to take your group and say, no, we're going to make something great out of this. We're going to put ourselves out there for each other. We're going to really change, whether it's our neighborhood or our community or whatever, wherever we are. You know, what is something generous or what's something noble you can do this week? You know, going into your neighborhood, meeting your neighbors, inviting them over for dinner, making, making that a normal thing. Because if you don't know your neighbors, they don't know you, and it's this weird, like, good morning, good evening, nice weather we're having, type of, you know, type of relationships that you have. But you can make an impact just within your neighborhood. I'm not saying to go to Cambodia or anything. You can just make that impact that you have here in your, in your, in your neighborhood. But we have, to be, we have to become more generous. We have to stretch ourselves a little bit because God saying, noble man, noble plans, and then follow them up with noble deeds. And so I wanted to give another perspective of this in, uh, in, the, in the New Testament, uh, a, a, I guess the term of nobility that we're more familiar with. So go ahead and turn to Philippians chapter 4. And this is a scripture that I've shared tons of times, but it just is one of those scriptures where you can, you, you could pull so much out of this just from reading it in different contexts, different lights different uh, stages of life. And in Philippians 4.8, it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And man, English kind of does us dirty sometimes just from its simplicity. Think about such things. I think that's just, a, that's just the wrong word to use. I think the correct word here is meditate on such things. Because that's a much deeper thought. That's much, much uh, more of a heart process of putting it on our hearts. When we meditate on scripture, what are we doing? We're trying to dig for understanding. We're trying to dig for practicality. How can I apply this to myself? Who is this for? How, how can it cut? How can it get, impact me in my life? And so... If I, if I think about, okay, what am I meditating on in Scripture? Or if I'm not meditating on Scripture, then what am I meditating on? You know, what, what do we meditate on in our, in, our daily, in our daily lives? Do we meditate on things that are noble? On things that are lovely? Or do when difficult things come up, we immediately think about negative, hopeless, 
I know that I, my, my kind of tendency is to get depressed about things, feel real down. Um, I can feel incompetent a lot of times when, when I hear news of terrible things, when I, when, I am, when I am hit with tragic news. And I wanted to kind of give an example of this because it was something that, that was, it just normally sends me straight to the floor. Something that normally just sends me just into a, just into a state of absolute incompetency. Because I'm just like, how can I make an impact in a world like this? And it was a, it was a story this last week about a, a minor league baseball player. Um, he, uh, his name is uh, Blake Bivens. He's in the uh, Tampa Bay Rays organization. And um, his, uh, yeah, his wife and his 14-month-old baby and his mother-in-law were all killed in one afternoon by a family member who was having a psychotic episode. And when he started to hear about the news, the organization immediately put him on the car to take him to the airport so that he could figure out what was going on with his family. But just a few moments later, as they were sending him to the airport, the coach learned what was actually happening. And the coach decided to fly, to, to get in a car immediately and, and chase him to the airport because he did not want him to be alone. And once he got to the airport, he stayed by his side. He said, I was not gonna let him out of, his, out of my sight. Um, didn't let him go to the bathroom alone. Made him, sat in the airport with him. Um, when they had a connecting flight, they had a layover in, in Charlotte. And the coach said he would go through stages of staring at the wall, going through stages of crying, just asking why over and over and over again. And so the coach would just sit with him, rub his back, say, hey, let's, let's go walk over to this window and look out the window. And they get to the window and look out. Hey, let's walk all the way to the other side of the terminal and play. You know, just, not, just trying to be there for him. You know, trying to have that mindset of, I, sure, I've got a job. I've got problems of my own. I've got things to think about. But this is the most important thing for me right here, right now. And it's, it's, it's a terrible story, and, 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 I, and I'm not going to get into all of the other details of it, but I just, I would, I, normally stories like that, stories like uh, shootings that have happened in Dayton, El Paso, even one this weekend in Texas as well, it, it sends me straight, it sends me just, just in the worst mood, just in, just in a level of what, what, what can I do? What, what even impact am I making here, you know? sharing Christ with people or, or going on campus and sharing my faith with a bunch of college students. I, what, what even impact am I going to have in this world? But what I saw from that story was a man who was hurting, who, had, who, has, who it was very fair to say was losing his will to live, and a coach, a friend, a trusted person in his life saying, it's time to take care of this person no matter what. What I, whatever I have to say, whatever I have to do, I'm going to be with this person so that he knows there's someone in his corner. And I think we can think about this and say, oh, in times of tragedy, I'll be there for someone. Absolutely. Correct. When something terrible happens, I'm going to be there for them. I'm going to bring them a meal. I'm going to do whatever I can. But I also think about what must have happened before then to build that trust between that coach and that player. Because I know when I go through something difficult, I don't want just some random person, even though they mean well, you know, talking to me like they know me. 
if that's the case, I want to be alone. Like, no, <laughs> you don't understand me or what I'm going through. But the relationship that that coach must have had with that player to be able to say, no, I'm here for you. And for that player to know he meant it. He wasn't just going through emotion or being, you know, being just well thought out. It was, it was very personal to him. And that's what, that's what meant so much to me. And in times where I could be thinking about terrible stuff, you know, just, just hopelessness, uh, a, a lack of confidence, a lack of faith. And, I, and in this story, I found someone, no, that's, that's the bright spot. That's what I can do. That's the type of impact I can make is building relationships with people that are meant to last, that reminding each other about what is true, what is noble, what is right, what is pure, praiseworthy, excellent, thinking about those things rather than what this world just continually puts on our doorstep of, of terrible things that can bring us down. And we have to meditate on this stuff. It's not just a think about such things every once in a while. You know, Christ, Christ tells us to meditate. He gave us an example of what meditation looked like. Waking up in the morning to pray. When things are getting hectic, finding a quiet time to pray. And, and that is a noble thing. That, that's something that is so noble to sit and listen to what God is telling you. Um, in Acts 17, 11, it talks about the, uh, the uh, Berean Jews were of more noble character than those of the Thessalonians because they took what Paul said and checked the scriptures every day to see if it was true or not. That's, that's noble. That's something that we can do every single day, something that's noble. You know, something that we can do every single day is look out for one another. You know, when you think about someone, do you, do you, do you text them that you're thinking about them? Do you give them a call? Do you, do you let them know that you're there for them in your life? Um, and, and just that impact, that daily impact we can have so that when times of just depravity come, when times of those difficulties come, we have those things to lean back on. Of No, I, it, things might seem hopeless right now, but I've got a God that is generous, that is noble, that is willing to give whatever is necessary for me to make it in this world. Give me hope in a future. Um, Philippians 4 talks about peace that transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You know, it's easy to be generous and noble when we have such a, 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 an easy example of what is generous and noble. And a God who is calling us to be generous and noble is the most generous, the most noble God we can, we can have. And so... As we, as we think about these things, as we meditate on them, I think it's, it's a perfect time to take communion. Um, just an absolutely perfect time. There, this, this, uh, this idea of what, can we, what should we be meditating on when we think about communion, when we take the bread and drink, drink from the cup. Is what type of mindset did Jesus have when he decided to go to the cross? Um, what, what nobility was he thinking about? Because he certainly wasn't thinking about um, his own advantages or his own um, personal well-being. He was thinking, I need to be as generous as I possibly can, as noble as I possibly can, as, a, as, as and perseverant as I possibly can, so that I can give these people a chance. And so I wanted to share with you a scripture here in Ephesians 1. And it says, in love... 
He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. You know, it's free for us, uh, this, this grace, this love of God. It's free for us. We, we, have, we, we just have to accept it. But it certainly was not free for God. It was not free for Jesus. There was a sacrifice that had been made. We were bought at a price. And so when I think about the, the reason behind being noble and continuing to be generous, even though it feels like we're continuing to give ourselves up for other people, um, in, in relationships and money and time. I think there's an ultimate reason is that somebody gave it up for us in the, in the, in the most um, difficult way possible. And that was Jesus through the cross. So let us think about that. You know, let, let us use that example of nobility from Jesus to really, to really reflect on what we can do just within this first week, just as a, just as a consistent thing how can we be more noble? How can we be more generous? How can we be more honorable um, this week and throughout the rest of our lives? So let us, let us pray as we uh, take communion. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you um, for, for this morning. God, thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for the, um, um, all the different ways we, got to worship. we get to worship you this morning uh, through prayer, through songs through contribution, through, and through right now, communion, God. Um, we, uh, we are so grateful for you, God. We are, we are helpless, hopeless without you, God. And I'm so grateful that you have a love that gives us hope, that gives us peace, God. Um, and, uh, and it's right. I don't understand it. It transcends all understanding, God. And I'm so grateful for it. Thank you for... Just the, just the way that your son lived, the way that you gave up your, your son for us. And uh, I pray that we can uh, reflect that um, through our lives, through our gratitude, and through our relationships with one another. Um, thank you so much, God. I love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.